I think, you know, standing for your values and being a leader, you know, wherever that is in your walk of life. I think that's really the, uh, the important thing. That's it's a cultural thing. That's how we're going to become better. I literally have Tucker Carlson up right now. Um, I was just watching his video screen three. Yeah, what a guy. I was just watching his CIA JFK video from, um, yeah. I don't my, know, Friday me, or so. Yeah, me and my roommate were just talking about that. Um, I haven't given him a look yet, but um, actually something that my roommate's kind of been on and on a little bit, and we've talked about um yeah, it's kind of weird, you know, just uh, just a little bit more, a little spice to the the mess that we have, you know, makes you question yeah. a little bit more. And uh, I mean, these these institutions, though, they just, they lie about so much. And it's like it's like 55 years old, like, come on. And it they say that they keep it secret because of their credibility problem. But that's not true. They keep it secret because of stuff that is actively going on and stuff that's rooted in whatever they had going on back then. Um, and I mean, that's some of my background. I, I come from military. Mm. I come from the yeah. intelligence classified consulting world. Yeah. And obviously, I, I can't talk about it on YouTube or whatever. But when we're talking about lines of reasoning, when we're talking about like philosophical logic sets it's never the benign thing it's usually the really malicious thing it's not oh well they don't want the cia's image to lose credibility no it's not that it's they don't want people asking questions about why are you still keeping this secret like what what do you got going on right now <laughs> like that's what it is yeah uh. it's kind of, I mean, but, well, that's the problem it's like you know when you start asking questions that's where you know you like, uh, for example, like the Ray Epps thing. It's like, what the heck? Like, why can't we come clean with yeah. that? Bureau's the same. Like, we just want to know. Like, let us yeah. know and tell us. And, you know, if you work for you, sure. But it, it's just, and then the, the interviews and just the legality and the, the, the avoidance. And then, yeah. And we know. We know. that it, It's one of those, what's that saying? Um like your silence is deafening or whatever. Like yes. they, they would just come out and say, no, it doesn't work for us. No, hundred percent. I'm a big quote guy. Yeah. So, I mean, no. yeah, it, you just smell it. Um, and then you see like, this is just, it just frustrates me that, you know, people get testifying Congress and you're under oath. And then like with Twitter files dropping and all that stuff and just knowing the collaboration that was happening and how there was just like obvious lying. And then, here we have um, the guy from the war room. What's his name? Uh, blanking me right now. Bannon. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, he's getting, you know, nicked and stuff like that. And just, uh, I don't know, just the uh, hypocrisy, the, I guess I'm being a victim right now. A guy from the right that just, you know, continues to, I no, guess, it's, it's just... unfairly, but life's unfair. And um, you got to push through, you know, you can't sulk in the past. You got to be in the present and keep, keep fighting forward and uh fight for what's right 
but that's cool. Yeah, I need to check that video out for sure. Yeah, it's too long for it's seven and a half minutes. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll clip it up. Maybe we'll watch it and talk about it. I don't know. And I could just yeah. clip it up. Yeah, throw some clips up there. I'll love to give you my opinion on it. Um, Tucker. Yeah, I've been watching Tucker for a while. I watch his Tucker Todays, which I think are really beneficial because he gives light to a lot of things. Um, and like, uh, for example, um, he brought on like John Kennedy, um, who wrote a book called The Real Tony Fauci. I'm a big uh, advocate more for not, I mean, you might not like to hear this, not maybe so much podcast, but I, I got an Audible subscription and I'll listen mm -hmm. to books. And uh, he wrote a book on kind of like the COVID and uh, pandemic and in the midst of it. And it was really, really thoroughly like explained on how like the FDA works and like the CDC and, uh, and like even like, you know, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, these medications that have been used for forever but yeah i have to give you know some credit to the resources of finding that stuff through like the tucker carlson today show and stuff so yeah tucker's tucker's been great obviously he's very um i'm not gonna say polarizing story word but he's you know he he's his character and he's he brings in a lot of viewers and um this is the number one show on cable for a reason but yeah it's been yeah. He's he's uh I just I just like the anti-establishment talking about things that not everyone's talking about. And that's where Twitter's been great too. So we could always talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And finally it's like make Twitter great again. Yeah. So like but you know, I mean these spaces, you know, just the conversation and some of them are a little out there, some of them, you know, <laughs> back and forth, but um you definitely um I've learned I've learned a lot and it's been great. And uh, it all, all it takes is, you know, just to ask a question and, you know, you never know where that, that question can lead you. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's get started. I'll drop you down and uh, it's still recording and I still have this stupid message. Freaking big tech never changes. <clears throat> Welcome back to the Joe Mobley show. I am still Joe Mobley, still the original unposited conservative, and this is still the Joe Mobley show at 7.30 p.m. on a Tuesday night. Guys, we are talking with Brett Siegel. He is a Virginia native like myself, even though you guys know I'm technically from New York. Uh, but I claim Virginia, you know, cut from the same cloth as these great Virginians behind me. Uh, so, which is why we moved back to Virginia because the Republic is on fire and it started here and we're still, you know, fighting uh, for the, the future of the Republic really here out of Virginia. So anyway, he's coming to us from Richmond, Virginia. Uh, he's a fourth year dental student and, uh, uh, you know, becoming more and more active in politics. So I think we're going to have a really awesome conversation. And I will just tell you guys, I met this guy on Twitter uh, in a Twitter space, and there are people out there talking, and their their avatars like a robot chicken head or whatever, and their name is like user one two three, can't find me or whatever. Um, so it's always it's always just a bright spark to be like, man, this person is out here under their own name, uh, saying stuff that's not just controversial for controversy's sake, but saying stuff that they believe in and and getting new information and processing in real time which is scary you know candace owens talks about this like she says i don't know everything but i'm out here in the public forum so it's a scary encounter i go through this all the time people ask me stuff i was just on fox hole and they were asking me something and i was wrong about a point of fact 
that's fine. Uh, the guy tried to say that I was being fallacious, so that my argument had fallacies in it, and I had to educate him what a fallacy actually is because now I was I was wrong about a point of fact, which is just inaccurate. It's just, just false. It's not fallacious. But anyway, uh, enough about that. Let's get Brett up here. Brent, how are you, my man? I'm doing good, my man. Thank you so much, Joe, for having me on. Uh, funny, we were just you know talking yesterday, and here we are. So uh, I know here and uh, encourage people to uh, be themselves. You know, start changing that that chicken to uh, an actual face on Twitter and put that real name <laughs> out there because we're stronger together. You know, uh, I think last night people were you know talking about the fear and stuff and scared to put their you know change it, but there's definitely more sane great people that love this country than the media portrays and the media's had the narrative for a while and uh i think the people are starting to take that back well i i didn't get there was someone in the space and i i was doing house chores and i kind of wanted to jump up spend some time with my wife so i didn't get into the conversation too much yeah um but i i did speak a little bit when the guy was saying there's there's kind of he was talking about jordan peterson's comment about maybe having two different forms, one for people under their own name and one for people with crazy, you know, usernames um, because the discourse is different. And the reason that I, you know, we, we say, hey, we are uncloseted conservatives and really people can come out and closet about anything. It, it's not a, uh, a, a community thing. My sister is a lesbian. She's a Democrat. She's worked for Microsoft, lives in California. She's in the closet about being a gun owner. And her kids know what an AR-15 is. They know how to use it. And they know it's for killing bad guys and fighting tyrannical governments. It's not for hunting and target plinking or whatever. They, my, my nieces know, hey, if someone comes in this house and they're uninvited and I ask them to leave and they don't, then you shoot them. She's in the yeah, she's in the closet about that. So you can you can be in the closet about all kinds of things. Yeah. So the the reason that I say people need to come out under their own name is because we've got to be in a place where we can share our thoughts, our opinions, and our beliefs. Yeah. And know that it's okay for people to be disagreeable. It's not okay for the factions to marginalize and then for one to rise in prominence, the other to get, you know, driven underground, and then we we're we're living in secret that's the recipe for all of the disasters that have happened in history yeah. <laughs> like now i'm not here for that yeah and uh i think um, that's why leadership is so important because we're going to go through adversity pandemics wars whatever and we have to have those strong leaders that are going to have a backbone and stand up for those values and those principles so therefore people that are maybe a little bit more timid that have these you know closet issues they feel like they can speak about something like that, you know? Um, yeah. I think uh, it, another benefit to, yeah, like, you know, just me kind of just being out there a little more um, when something, someone does have a question or someone wants to talk and feel like they won't be judged, they know who I am and what I've been about. And so therefore that just leads for more conversation and, um, you know, community is, is, is great. And I think one thing that, you know, COVID did was just brought apart that community and it didn't allow that conversation to happen. And that's just humans, how we learn, you know, we're, we're uh, you know, if you want to talk, you know, about faith, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, community fellowship and uh, that, you know, that's, there's such a vital part. And um, hopefully, you know, over the years, if people can see that more often, you know, we're always in our phones, we're always, you know, looking down. Um, I think 70% of people don't know their neighbor, next door neighbor in America, so around there. Um, so I think, 
these things, uh, a lot of these problems, you know, culture can place a huge impact on, or if these issues happen, how do we navigate what happens, you know, and the good culture with good communication, open democracy, freedom of speech, you know, hopefully the truth does come out. But when you have um, areas where uh, things are suppressed, etc., things that we're seeing now, that's where bad things happen. You know, the FDA is coming out with that, about COVID and all that stuff now today or recently. Um, so, and it, it just, people want a fair, fair handshake. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, with uh, communication and fellowship and talking to one another, that's, that's the recipes for success. Yeah, I know my, I know all my neighbors around like left, right and around, but the people right in front, yeah, I, I, I don't know them. Yeah, and our door is almost like if I my front door like kind of looks into their front door. Yeah, uh, and we've tried. You know, I mean, we moved here and we're very jovial. We're very gregarious people, my wife and I. So you know, we're, we're making cookies and stuff, bring them to the neighbors, talk to them. That's awesome. Um, there's also an app, um, app website. Uh, a little creepy on the consumer data, but whatever. It's for a good cause. It's called Bless Every Home. And you sign up and you, it gives you the names of the people in the homes around your home. It gives you this little ring, you know, the, the, this little area and you pray for those people by name. Um, and the longer you've been doing it, um, it gives you others and you can get alerts like, you know, this person who I don't know because they just won't have relationship with us. Probably I'm, it's weird, but especially here in Loudoun in Northern Virginia, I'm like a public figure. Um, which is great, whatever, you know, I have a show, I guess I've been doing this for a couple of years. Um, so man, people in the neighborhood have flicked me off and cursed me out and all that kind of stuff. Like I get it. They just hate me because I, I voted for orange man bad and I'm a white supremacist. Come on, Joe. I'm black. <laughs> um, but like, say, say they got into a car accident or had a death in the family or something. This bless every home will let us know. Like you can pray for specific needs even. Wow. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so I'm not affiliated with them at all, but you guys uh, check that out. <laughs> so nice. it's uh, get out to know your neighbors, you know. Yeah, and uh, man, you said something else like people know, and uh, this is going to be a hot button topic already. I can tell oh, you, hey, if you disagree, that's totally fine. If you agree, then people are going to hate you like they hate me. This is something that Christians get wrong all the time, and it drives me crazy. And so theologically, there's a point. Doctrinally, there's another point. I'm not a pastor. I don't play one on TV, but I can read. Um, and I don't believe in the expert class to include theologians. Um, so I and, and even in my own family, we have disagreements about this. I will go to a gay wedding if one of my friends is that person. Uh, who's getting married now here's the thing do I, I one i don't even acknowledge that as a marriage i don't i don't believe that a gay marriage is an actual marriage i don't believe that a government sanctioned marriage is an actual marriage i think the genesis account tells us what marriage is and that's the, yeah. the covenant between man and wife man and woman husband and wife before man and god that's a marriage you shouldn't need a license i'm very libertarian on that point but the reason that i would go and i've never even had the opportunity my sister's a lesbian and married didn't get to go to her wedding she didn't invite me my best friend growing up who's the one who invited me to church came out as gay some years ago i don't think he's married he lives in california now and doesn't speak to me um he was the best man at my wedding it's just uh, the whole thing is weird uh but 
I would go to the wedding for one point. So they would know that I am a safe person when they're having that moment of crisis and they're thinking about like Dave Rubin's having moments of crisis crises right now because he's, his life is unraveling because he's people in his life are pouring Christ into him and it's causing conflict, internal conflict because he's a, an openly gay married man with a two husband household that has children now. So it's causing a lot of conflict and hopefully there's some Christians in his life that have developed relationships with him where he knows I'm a safe place where you can come and talk to me. I know you're a sinner. So am I. Jesus said, let the people come to me. Let the children come to me. Jesus never turned someone like Jesus also did not attend a gay wedding. I get it. Uh, I might be wholly wrong on this, but I will go and sit there kind of in in a little bit like civil disobedience because if anyone asks me i will tell them i don't agree that this is a marriage i'm completely against gay marriage but i'm here at the wedding as a friend to my friend who's getting married who knows that they can come and talk to me judgment free because i got my own crap that i'm doing and god sees it exactly the same yeah we're being gay and my having lied stolen cheated whatever it is that i've done it's the same. Yeah. Yeah, no. Hey, that so, hey, amen to that right there. I couldn't I couldn't it, agree. More. It's a controversial point of view, but uh but yeah, but like the drag queens start coming out, I'm out of there. <laughs> like, yeah. no, I'm not going to drag queen story out. Yeah, but now it just seems like um there's a good quote, you promote what you permit. And um mm-hmm. I think we've just permitted things to just continue to like you know go a certain way and allow that narrative to be written by other people because you know hey it's all good you know but you know now we're seeing things with like schools and education and implementing that into the lives of 10 year olds and all this stuff and um uh what is it uh, matt wallace's i'm a woman uh, documentary i don't know if you've seen that um by the daily wire that was excellent and oh just, what, is, what is a woman what yes. is a woman yeah yeah um, oh yeah we watched that when it came out oh, it really oh. good i mean it, it's not even like like controversial it's just kind of like factual and like you know common sense kind of stuff and it's just like oh yeah we have a trans doctor that is you know doing things to kids and like taking pride that's saying oh it's 16 years old where you know I've learned that man's brains don't develop till 25. You know, everyone gives men a hard time because we we act like an idiot, you know, until, you know, we get, we get a little older, a little bit more mature. I'm not saying everyone's like that, but uh, it's just, there's just so much contradiction, you know, and all, and all the, all in the name of, you know, becoming, you know, happy with yourself and stuff like that. And uh, I just, I, you know, you're, we're all going to have hard times. We're all going to have adversity, but if you fight through that adversity and you get to that other side, you delay that short-term satisfaction and you can be amazed to what happens on the other side. And um, I've just had countless instances in my life and seen in other people that, you know, are going through a hard time and by, you know, you know, fighting through that and talking to people about things. And hopefully, like we said, we have people in our lives that we can talk to regardless of what, where they stand on the aisle. That's not the point We're people. Um, hopefully you can, you know, fight through and get, and get to a point where, um, it's better, but yeah, I think, you know, we're getting to a a point now where we're seeing that 
by allowing things just to continue to happen and not letting things happen. That's not leadership. We've just kind of just been taking kind of neglectful almost. Um, it's gotten up to this point where people are, there's, you know, 36 different genders and people are questioning every aspect of, you know, well, the, the leadership, the, the leadership point is important because people don't want to make decisions because they don't want to, be seen as Backlash. exclusive in any way they don't they don't want to exclude anything yeah and it and it just takes someone saying no this is not permissible that's that's where i land with husbands and wives and it's like what what are some of these submissive or whatever things like husband you should do anything you should be willing to destroy yourself or your wife and your family yeah. mm -hmm. but on the other side of that coin uh, part of your protector provider is you are protecting the home by providing the guidelines. This is what's permissible in this house. And this is what's permissible in this family unit. And yes. that means this is not, we can't include everything. We can't yeah. include drag queen story yeah. hour and all that stuff. And it's exactly what you said. It's a lack of leadership from everywhere you look at it from parent. I, I posted this thing. A lot of people loved it. A lot of people hated it. Parent is a noun and a verb. The noun is just what everyone wants to be a parent. I'm a mom. I'm a dad. I'm a whatever, you know, you're cool with my kid. The verb raise up, protect, provide like you parenting, showing the way, providing, rebuking, doing that yeah. stuff. No one wants to do the parent verb. And it's exactly what you said. It's the lack of leadership. Yeah. And that's why society is on freaking fire. People just need to say no. Yeah. And, uh, you know, where where is the end result you know with this this utopia you know um and it's just kind of it's not even on a roller coaster it's just everywhere and so we're acting like we're not going to get those kind of results and we're kind of just seeing the chaos now where you have what are you, what are you talking about chas chop was a utopia you know <laughs> they, they, they had warlord come we, to live power a, <laughs> we live in a broken world and we all have to admit that you know and like you said sin is sin we all have it. And if you just talk to people, you know, from, from my experiences, when I sit down and just talk to people, these aren't controversial points. These are things that um, by embracing and going forward, I think we can just become better from that, you know? So it's, totally uh, agree. it's a wild time, but, you know, um, I think, you know, like the lack of leadership over 30, 50, whatever years it is, um, here we are. But in order for us to get out of it, we really need to step up. And, you know, I have a conviction in my heart to be involved in areas and speak up. And um, it's not trying to be controversial and pick fights with anyone. It's just being loving and standing for my values. And when those values are um, infringed upon, um, that's where, you know, it's, it's time to step up a little bit. And I think um, COVID was definitely opened my eyes a lot. And I've always been involved and, you know, love, love, you know, culture, politics, the Bible, blah, 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 but kind of letting my voice be heard a little bit more because it needs to be heard because if no one says it, then who will, you know, if you don't advocate yeah. for things then someone else is. And, oh, by the way, uh, we have all these corporations that are just in the interest of money and it's not for the American people. And that's for sure. And they are going to try every bit to try to control that narrative unless we step up. So, um, I, yeah, and that's why I bring it back to cool things like Twitter space, you know, because we can create conversations like this, that 
hopefully can impact people to, um, yeah. you know, take that to their lives. It's, it's actually worse than corporations just being about money. Um, as, as we're seeing actual communism on the rise, that corporate private, that private corporate partnership and merger with government interests. Now they're like, we can have more than money. We can have power and influence. We can, we can sway culture. We can, you know, whatever you believe about the world, you know, I, I'm going to say what my closely held beliefs are. These people sit around and they say, we can release viruses. We can control and fix elections. We can run propaganda campaigns through the CIA on the Disney channel and Nickelodeon, all of this stuff. And it's, it's that absolute power corrupts absolutely type deal. And it's, I, I think that some people would trade large amounts of money for power and influence. And we see companies hemorrhaging cash, but they're, it's almost like they're, they're, um, they're a classic Bible story and Satan comes to them. And with that whole, you know, everything the light touches can be yours kind of trash. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, wow, that, that's pretty enticing. And uh, it, it sucks. And it's destroying our country, especially when their companies losing money to promote woke nonsense. And it's just like, what is going on? It's like they're taking over the world. That's what's going on. They're, they're taking yeah. over. Well, they're influencing well, everyone. You know, where, where's the accountability been, though, you know? It's like we've let them do this. <laughs> we, we, who's, who slapped them on the wrist? Oh, by the way, no, people are supposed to slap them on the wrist or, you know, they're in bed together and they're both just benefiting off each other. Um, well, I heard in the American History Museum that accountability was racist, like uh, math. Of course it is, right? <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't hold us accountable. Come on. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, they've, been hiding, they've been hiding behind those talking points. And enough's enough, you know, stop hiding behind those talking points. That's not true. That's not what I'm about, you know. I'm about loving people and helping people out and making this country better. And obviously, me being a Christian, you know, having my, you know, Christian values obviously defines that. But um, enough's enough. And, you know, it's funny, like the last two elections, like um, like minority votes have been up. Um Donald and I don't I don't know where Donald Trump plays in that, but he got more people to come into the party. It seems like than out. And then now it's like, oh, but he's the problem, you know. I don't know. Yeah, they they say that those people are dumb. Donald <laughs> Donald Trump broke all kinds of voting records, um, and exactly what you said. He he's brought more people into the party than than any other public figure politician whatever um, yes. and the demographics of those people when we're talking about race gender and age any yes. one of those demographics have been wildly uh and and i hate to say it but conservatives republicans whatever you want to call yourself on any given day yeah whatever we are being full of it when when we're talking about donald trump right now because we're not making data-driven decisions we we're Propaganda. It's almost like the GOP is propagandizing Republicans right now against Donald Trump. And I, yeah. I, I definitely have my theories about why. <laughs> yeah, it's just I guess it's just more of the swamp, you know, and just working together. 
Um, yeah. There's just too much outside voice, I guess, for their comfort. And they don't like that because that hasn't happened in a while. And um, yeah, but then, you know, you, you, you look at all these, these great numbers, these great policies, these, the, the great, the great things that you can quantify and show on paper. And then we're not seeing that outcome. And you can look at like historical data and none of it makes sense. And so it's like, why are we not seeing change? And we are seeing it where it's done right, but there's just so much questioning when it comes to around November now, it's just really disheartening. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we want to talk about this later, but just, you know, um, state elections matter, state congressmen matter, state governorships matter. And then actually changing those laws um, to make them more accountable. Uh, you know, we don't. And, and then that's the thing, you know, with election laws. Oh, it's racist. It's racist. Blah, blah, blah. Um, no, it's not. We're trying to preserve our democracy because it can happen anywhere. It happens in Venezuela. It happens in all these other countries. My girlfriend's from Iran right now. Like, she, like she came over here at 17. She knows, like, they know what corruption looks like. And we see it and we have yeah, the they have but... really clean elections over there. Oh, <laughs> and then you can even watch your local Netflix, you know, and Narcos, you know, and see what they did with that. You know, yeah. um, these things happen and they can happen right here in our country. And well, we're the experts at it. The a lot of the elections that happen worldwide. Uh, and so the particulars of this are classified and obviously I wouldn't, well, one, I, I didn't participate in it at all. So I don't even have, I'm not read into these projects, but yeah. it is a point of fact that the central intelligence agency, the United States, you know, intelligence apparatus, CIA, DIA, NSA, et cetera, et cetera, um, engaged in election tampering, engineering, influencing, whatever you want to call it worldwide. We, We've been caught several times. We've been caught, you know, spying on Angela Merkel, uh, uh, Chancellor of uh, what's Germany. The what's that? Yeah, Germany. Thank you. Yeah, got you. Um, you know, Middle Eastern countries, uh, Saudi Arabia, Iran, uh, obviously Iraq and Afghanistan directly. We were directly involved with human assets on ground in Russia, yeah. South America. All like we, the United States intelligence apparatus does election stuff like for a living worldwide, but we're expected to believe in the face of a mountain of evidence to the contrary, we're expected to believe that they would never turn those abilities, those knowledge, skills, and abilities inward and tamper in the United States, yeah. which by the way, for a matter of law is a stroke of a pen. Hey, uh, whatever DHS resource, you are now subcontracted contracted out to main justice or hey dod federal asset you are now subcontracted out to main justice or dhs or something like that it, it's paperwork to get someone guys eight out of ten americans are completely dissatisfied with work miserable and they hate going into their job. This is a nut statistic. I can't believe so many people live that reality, especially since there are more jobs than people. 
That means it's actually easier for you to get into the career of your dreams, to get that dream job. This is something I can coach you through, no matter the company, the industry, no matter your education, qualifications, or experience. Guys, I've built a successful career in more than five different industries. I was always promoted ahead of my peers. I was always put in positions of more and more responsibility and leadership. This is something that I can help you achieve for yourself. Guys, you know and love me as the host of The Joe Mobley Show, and now we can have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with me as your career pivot coach. All you gotta do is jump on a discovery call with me and see if this is the right move for you to make in 2023 and why this is the best time. Book that discovery call. Go to thejoemobleyshow.com slash coach. That's thejoemobleyshow.com slash coach. Book a time today. Guys, my time is limited. The spots are gonna fill up, and then I'm not going to be able to coach you immediately. I'm gonna have to put you on the wait list, but you're gonna do the right thing. You're gonna go to djmobleyshow.com slash coach right now. Yeah. From illegal to operate in the United States to totally fine to operate in the United States. It's the stroke of a pen, and people have their heads up their butts on, on what's really going on here with these agencies. <laughs> Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, like if a politician, if a politician's not willing to look into that, you know, if it smells like a rat, you hear it like a rat, you know, it's probably a rat, you know, I don't know. It just, it, it, it um, it's a little disheartening, but, uh, but you know, grassroots and that, and, and but then, you know, you, you got to look at now, like, uh, how do we get elect these people to these positions? And now we look at the RNC. And so now my eyes are starting to, I mean, I, I've been a member and I've, I've been kind of just a member, you know, but now I'm starting to educate myself about that a little bit more and immersing myself with people that know more about that. Um, I'm an election officer in Richmond, Virginia. So I've kind of in, immersed myself with that and seen how that's working, learning so much about that law. And just as I'm going through this, taking bullet points, putting a little binder, putting a little document and kind of writing about that kind of stuff. But then you got to incorporate, okay, now, we're going to be, you know, bringing people for elections, how to even the subset into the primaries and stuff like that. And it just seems like um, it's good that, you know, we're having these these conversations now, it seems like. And Ronald McDaniel, it's going to be challenged because competition makes us better. Right. Capitalism. Lowering yeah, I, I think she's on the way out. Yeah. Just I, you know, I, I don't have too much knowledge to say, hey, my opinion on like what she's done great, what she's done bad. But. All I know is if you look at the results or if you look at the corruption or you look at the can't, you know, or just how it works and how many, yeah, it's just, it, it, it seems like it's a whole infrastructure problem right now. I'm just kind of analyzing right now and getting data, but it seems like an, an infrastructural change needs to happen within the Republican party in order for things to um, progress better. I mean, we there, also, yeah, there are a few things that I'm black pilled about. And I, sometimes I say my pill is dark red. But on elections, I'm completely blackpilled in elections because no one's been able to give me a satisfactory answer and no one is outraged enough about this. The idea, even as a consumer, if we were saying this is true of any individual as a consumer, we would call bullcrap. The idea that we traded a system that was simple, cheap, and fast or a system that was complicated, slow, and very expensive doesn't make any sense at all. 
as a consumer, you wouldn't concede any of those points. Oh, I had really fast, really cheap, and and incredibly uh, available internet, and I traded it for internet with a bunch of downtime that costs a bunch of money and it's slow. Like yeah. that doesn't make any sense. And the GOP, the RNC included. I mean, I, I was the vice chair of Loudoun County Republican Committee, and I stepped down, uh, which maybe you know that, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, I'm glad Jesse didn't bring it up last night. <laughs> um, and I, I am more aligning myself with the Young Republicans Club. I'm good friends. I, I hired uh, at my last company the president of the Loudoun Young Republican Committee or Club. Um, you know, she's a great person, and I'm going to pour my time and effort in there while I'm still a young Republican in my mid 30s. <laughs> uh, kid, kid at heart, right? Yeah, but that's where it's at. That's where that's where it's at. Um, yeah, yeah, because. They know. Like I look at someone like uh uh what is his name? He's he's going in on um free speech or medical look at someone like Rand Paul, look at someone like Ted Cruz. Like they know. They know that there is something so wrong with our elections. But they must also know what's really going on because they're not willing to to call it what it is. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it just could just be us, you know, small little poor citizens that don't know the full picture. And I don't know, but um, it's it's not a controversial issue. People want safe elections. Um, Democracy is not that hard. Tucker Carlson talks about this in some of his books he's written. Uh, you just got to listen to the people. And uh, that's the thing. They don't want to listen. They don't want to listen. They know what's best. Um, Mitch McConnell knows what's best. Um you know, we we got to listen to them and stuff like that. Where I just, I just need, I need to see more collaboration. I need to see more, uh, more change because the rhetoric that they're saying up there in D.C., two hours away, is not what the people on the ground, the boots are saying. And uh, yeah, you know, he's brought, he brought up some good points. Yeah, I mean that it, that I I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think it's just a, it's a fundamental thing. You know, it starts there. But uh, why is such a easy topic to fix? Um, something that is so hard to see change. We're, we're making it impossible. Like, and I hate, I'm a Ron Swanson guy, so I hate most things European, yeah, especially France. Mm-hmm. But France uses paper ballots and the envelopes they put their paper ballots in are literally like 100 years old. They've been using the same carrier envelopes. Yeah, my dad speaks on that, yeah. And they're done, you know. Say polls close at 8 p.m. or whatever and they're done counting at 11. Yeah. And then they turn on the news and look at the US and we're over here looking like a bunch of idiots where, you know, it's like maybe for Christmas we'll get the results of the election we had six weeks ago. Like, what the? Yeah. So I just, I've immersed myself in that for the last two years in election officer now. And you can just kind of see where the loopholes could be. You can see where the things can be done faster or slower. Um, And the big thing is, is the provisional ballot. And that's mm-hmm. where it gets a little bit different because when you have a provisional ballot, then it goes to the electoral board and electoral board reviews it. But um, how is electoral board made up of how many people going to review thousands and thousands and thousands of ballots to check the signature? You know, it's just, it just becomes more murky and stuff like that. And then, so, you know, in these places where the mail-in ballot in the name of COVID still, um, you know, they uh, they can, you know, do these different laws and stuff like that in states of emergency. And, and but it just the overload becomes so big and um, 
yeah, it just it creates mess. And so, why, yeah, let's go back to 100 years year old French, you know, ballots and let's just go to something simple, something that's work sufficient. But like, you know, like, yeah, like that's what everyone would want. A consumer would want that. But why don't we want it? I don't know. I, I'm a little bit radical on the voting thing. I know, I know yeah. that this is a radical point here. Uh, I've gotten hate mail. It's your show. <laughs> Send it to ask at vjmobileshow.com. Uh, I I would be for not a secret ballot. I would be for hey, we get we gather down at the public square and we could raise hands or whatever. You know, you got to show your ID and your proof of residency to get into this thing. But I would be for, if you're voting for this guy, stand over there. If you're voting for that guy, stand over there. Maybe they take a picture, you know, tally it all up. And it's like, so that we can all see each other. This, this event's going to be notarized. And like, well, just that, that's instantly done. They just count up the things on both sides or whatever. And I know there, there are places that vote like that. Like you, you can come and vote publicly. Um, and man, I just see a lot of merit in it because yeah, I mean, it's so taboo who you voted for. I, I just love that you're thinking about the idea. You have an opinion on it, you know, but those people that are hating on you, they haven't even thought twice about it. You know, it's just, you know, we got ideas. They, just, they just say that I'm Hitler because I want, because I want to, I don't even care who people voted for. It's just, I just wanted to be fast and secure. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I'm really like here in Virginia, I'm really excited to see, um, you know, hopefully we can win, you know, the Senate and uh, people like Scott Pressler kind of uh, uh, reminded this idea of, you know, a trifecta government. And that's how you really have to, you know, make change in order for laws to get passed. So if, you know, th this year is an off year, but it's um, all our um, General Assembly and the Senate is up for election. And if Virginia can become a trifecta and we can pass election laws, I really want to um, hold, you know, our, our politicians accountable to, you know, making change happen here in Virginia because it happens at the state level. For example, um, one one thing that I would love for your viewers to know is in Virginia now, if you when you register to vote, you can register for life for mail-in ballots. You can register for life in a mail-in ballot. And so, I mean, I just met so many people in the election that forgot they did this. They had the ballot at home. They have to do a provisional ballot now. But there's a ballot now out in circulation just hanging out their house, you know. Um, That's got to be undone. It's got to be undone. Voting by mail is supposed to be the exception, the rare, rare, rare exception, not the rule. And, and, and guys, it was never foolproof and it was never secure. I tell people this all the time. I voted absentee for years. Why? Because I was in the United States Army. That is one of the golden standard reasons to vote absentee. You're unambulatory, you have illness, thing like that. Yeah. Or your work, Department of State, you know, government job, military, has you overseas or out of pocket. Yeah. Um, one of my, and I, I would get on Virginia Gov or whatever it is, the election website, all the time because I wanted to know. I, I hated that I couldn't go. I, if I, and I tried twice, actually, I did twice, traveled a great distance to go back to Campbell County and vote in person. But anyway, uh, one, one of my primary votes was never counted. And I checked the status of it and it was just never counted. And I, I can tell you it was, it was the 2012 primary, uh, which I sad to say, uh, not a libertarian. I, I did not vote for uh, Trump though. I think I voted for Gary Johnson. Okay. Um, and you know who else was on that ballot? Ben Carson, great guy. Love Ben Carson to death. Yeah. I knew he wasn't going to win though. Um, yeah. He's he's just too smart and too straight laced. I got uh, a 
I got a Ben Carson uh, sticker. I was in college and I, I bought one because that was my guy. Nice. You know, I was familiar with his like his story, um, where he came from. It's inspirational. And yeah, just yeah. a genuine guy. I uh, was really happy when Trump brought him on to uh, the cabinet. Yeah. Because I think yeah. he was just he's just such a solid man, you know, and um, the fact that he just gets treated so badly, especially by like. I don't know. It seems like African Americans, you know, call him racist too. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Black yes. America is the most racist institution that we have because it's not. Black America doesn't want equality; they want better than at this point. Uh, and and one of the tactics of that, which I speak out against every chance I get, I don't care what the atrocity was in the past, whether it was the Holocaust you know, uh, other crimes against Jews throughout the ages, whether it was slavery, which, by the way, American slavery, the triangle slave trade, that whole deal was one of the smallest and least significant periods of slavery in the history of the world. And the fact that we're still talking about it blows my mind. But I, I say this about every one of those instances. I don't care what happened. We cannot treat injustice with injustice. That's mm. not how this works. Yeah. Two wrongs don't make a right. It's so yeah. simple, but that's what you're saying. Yeah, we, we, we cannot operate that way. And how would it work? My wife's white. My grandma's white. My grandma was a, a white German immigrant, World War II era, and that grandpa was a wealthy black businessman. And as social outcasts, they got together and had a bunch of kids. Like, So how is that even going to manifest in my family where the Mobley name is literally one of those Jones, Johnson, Smith, like mass-produced slave names when my, my heritage is like, it's yeah. like slaves and Nazis got together. <laughs> like, and so how's that going to work for my kids? And, and yeah, I can, just I, see, yeah. I can just see the confusion in your face. Cause you're trying to look for like a logical explanation of how this <laughs> makes sense. But yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. We're just going to be looking in circles at this point because um, I think that, you know, and what we're saying is it's, it's, it's gaslighting at this point almost. Right. You know? Oh yeah. Nailed it and uh you nailed it nailed it and um i guess that's just the one thing that you know i'm continuing to um observe and see and and wake up to and um that's where you know private independent journalists have been good um doing my own research has been good and it takes a lot of, you know um but yeah if you can look through the weeds and kind of really see what's going on you can kind of wake up from it and be like wait a minute that doesn't sound right. So, well, I gotta ask you this because you're you're someone who's out of the conservative closet, and no one ever takes my opinion because they're like, <laughs> just trying to talk me into doing his thing or whatever." Um, I, I just think it's a very freeing thing. Um, what what's your experience been like since since you've been, you know, outed? Like uh, you are who you are. You you live under your own name. You make your public statements, writing, whatever. Yeah. Uh, is it like constant barrage of people yelling at you? Is it not as bad as you thought? Is it no. kind of minimally different? So, I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I guess let's just talk about real life social media. Um, haven't really seen too much hate on me at all. I've really been too active. and Maybe I'm getting more active now with people I'm talking to and maybe being a little bit more open in my opinion on my, my tweets. So maybe I'll get some more hate. Um, but you know, I've always 
just try to treat people the way I want to be treated. And I've always tried to have justification and reason for why I think something. And I'm always down for a rebuttal, a nice little debate and kind of justify my opinion. And, I'm, and, and hopefully um, the conversation can go from maybe two different ways to get to the same goal. You know, um, I think, you know, when you start going off of maybe a different goal, a fundamental goal compared to what I have, maybe that can be a little bit more confrontational, but um, you know, it was good. I think where it really got um, probably the hardest time was during um, like the George Floyd stuff, you know, honestly. Um, and just kind of uh, had some tough conversations, you know, with friends and lost some friends. And, but, you know, I, I talked to them and, um, and uh, I, I had those hard conversations and I didn't, I, I didn't strive, strive away from what, what my opinion was. Well, I, I know that you would talk to them. We don't cancel anyone. We, we only ever get canceled. Yeah. I, I've, um, I've not ended any relationships because someone disagreed with me about. No, something. not at all. Um, but just because they cancel you doesn't mean that you don't have to act like, like, uh, like they can say whatever, but if you just act like you're, you're yourself and just push that to the side, who cares? Um, and you just keep pushing through, um, eventually like they're going to see you that you're not miserable and you're happy and they're like, okay, what's going on? Like, what, what's, what's up, you know? And, and, um, Tom heals and, um, you know, hopefully, you know, then you start having conversations again. So, you know, it's been like two years now, but, um, some of my friends have kind of maybe looked past that and maybe realized, you know, that the hate or like the, the canceling is not, not the way. You know, and you just hope that you live a life that it influences people and kind of like, uh, you know, motivates people, I guess. And um, we're going to have different opinions and hopefully people can just realize that, you know, because I think um, in the educational system today, like the millennials, uh, Gen, Gen Z's, you know, we're, we're being educated in a way that's not listening to both sides and not not being taught the history of, you know, what the Federalist Papers were about. And all that stuff and i don't expect everyone to know the constitution um which i think you should but uh yeah i think um yeah uh, you you gotta have those card conversations deal with them and um it's it's sad and it, it hurts a little bit but you know that's why you have people around you the community and you and you be encouraged by the people that you know care for you and then hopefully those people can come around um and, and, and I, and they have, and maybe they still talk crap behind my back, but, um, I think it also encourages people that agree with me to not be, um, you know, that, Hey, I, I'm sticking up for what I believe in. You should too. And therefore we are a lot stronger together than we are apart. And, um, if we're all in the closet being quiet, you know, and we see someone over there getting yelled at and we just keep our mouth shut, you know? And why is anyone else gonna, you know, speak up a little bit? So um, that's that's been my experience. You know, uh, I, I am I'm blessed. I am not. I, I have such a great life. I am so lucky where I'm at. And if if it's a little tough conversation with some people, then so be it. But um, I think you know, standing for your values and being a leader, you know, wherever that is in your walk of life, I think that's really the uh, the important thing. That's it's a cultural thing. That's how we're gonna become better. So you hit on something that's really important that uh, yeah I'm sad to say I don't speak enough about on the show. Uh, maybe I should start speaking about it more. Um, but 
what you're talking about and behaving that way and kind of being resolute, standing resolute, like this is what it is. This is what I am. And that means not this. Like, like I, like I'm a Christian. That means I am not Muslim. I am not Hindu. I'm not anti-Islam. I'm not, I'm not out here launching campaigns against other people doing their thing or whatever, but it's a definitive statement. I am this and saying I am this means I am not that. Uh, and standing with that type of resolve and then other people being friends and having relationships with other people who also stand resolute but are different than you that's how you achieve actual diversity diversity of thought and experience because i am never going to think about things the way that a woman does i'm never going to think about things the way a jew does or 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 someone who's standing resolute and who they are and they they you know, the way that they come at things is the way that they come at things. Yeah. Well, us and them can really get some things, some good things going or a, a northerner and a southerner or like a, a country girl and, and a business boy from Jersey or whatever. Yeah. If they hold on to their real identities instead of everyone wants to be all flexible and and really people are like, I want to be a chameleon who can fit into every situation. It's like, no, no, no. Why don't you be actual you and surround yourself with not a bunch of yes people, but people that will challenge your beliefs? Because you don't want to you don't want to be wrong and inflexible and just hold on to your wrong idea. I've been I've changed my mind. That's a question I ask people like to know that you're a real person, not a bot, not a Democrat operative or a Republican operative. I'm like, tell me something you changed your mind about. I changed my mind about no knock warrants big law enforcement topic. I was law enforcement and I realized, hey, a free citizen shouldn't have to participate in the safety of someone who's volunteered to be a, a police officer. Mm-hmm. So now I, I changed on a dime. I'm like, oh, that means that I was wrong. That's okay, guys. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we have to have more grace in this, in this country. We have to have more forgiveness, more love, you know, things that the Bible talks about. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, because people are going to get it wrong. People are broken like that. Like that. It's a very simple. It's a, people are broken. People are not perfect. And, and they need the grace to change their mind without like, if you change yeah, your mind, then you're canceled because you yeah, are wrong. Okay. People that were super mad at me for voting for Trump during like the George Floyd thing were just like, he's a racist. Like, like, like somehow I have to imply that you are like, if I just completely like alienate them after that conversation and maybe you know maybe i'm not friends with them and i have my i keep my distance and i keep my you know my my you know um you have to have some boundaries right um but uh yeah they come around you know and you talk to them and then you have a conversation i just don't know you know you just uh i'm not going to and, and you don't know where they came from you don't know their background you don't know their education of maybe you know we talk about this propaganda and this indoctrination you know so maybe they just got bad information you know and um maybe you can give some light to the information you do have, you know, um, you never know when that opportunity can be, but yeah. Uh, I agree. Yeah. But I have told people, um, like our relationship is this, if you want our relationship to be deeper, if you really yes. want to be someone that I consider friend or anything like that, um, especially for all to talk about how destructive words are, it's not a flippant thing. We we use the word so much, it's lost some of its, its uh, yeah, it's lost some of its essence. What it is, 
But to mm -hmm. call someone a racist, like to say that you believe in these injustices, you believe that you or someone else is better than someone else based on like superior to a race based on these genetic things. That's a hugely irresponsible thing to say. The left does it all the time. They'll call anyone a Nazi. They'll call anyone yes. a fascist, anyone a racist. And, and I tell people like for us to have, we'll have relationships like ancillary relationships, but for us to have an actual meaningful relationship, you need to be a more responsible person yeah. than to say something like that because it's tantamount to, you know, calling someone a murderer, calling someone like some really terrible stuff just flippantly. And it's like, you can't, you, you're so irresponsible. You can't do that. Yeah. But, you know, who are they looking up to, you know? And we see all these people up in the federal government that are just saying that same thing left oh, and right, yeah. you know? And so, just, it, like, you know, we're becoming numb to these huge issues that are so offensive and so messed up. But, you know, oh, if, um, I mean, if a kid sees their parent do something, they're probably going to do what their parent's doing, right? And so, you know... Uh, there's definitely in like these roles, there's uh, people are looking up to them and they see them act like this. It's like, oh, if they're acting like this, heck yeah, I can act like this. Why not? Right. And yes. um, you're seeing these people that are being elected recently that are just very like, like almost like irresponsible in the way they're speaking. And I mean, it's funny, you know, you, you get like hundreds of these videos of these people saying these crazy things. And, um, you know, there's just no accountability. But the second that we say one little wrong thing, it's like the end of the world, but uh, there's definitely some behind the scenes why that happens, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. There, there's some nefarious actors out there. Mm -hmm. uh, so follow the money. Yeah, it sucks how deep their reaches to like my. I don't, I don't know if I told you this. My YouTube channel got like canned uh, the week before election day that's crazy like what and like yeah it's just yeah it, it really can discourage you and i've had my really low moments but i'm staying strong and um connecting to you and people you know around like twitter space i mean just like in general just there, there's so many good people out there uh not to be discouraged but man i'm i'm sorry i mean yeah it, it is i can't even put myself you know in people's shoes that um just the things that happened. And I mean, I was in, I was very angry, you know, um, especially with the COVID thing when that was happening. Um, but yeah, even the election, you know, just so many things happened because of that, you know, elections have consequences. This didn't need to happen. Not yeah, COVID was so yeah. COVID, the response, not the illness was so wild and so crazy. Oh, and, um, um it, it, it reminds me how much we're not like our founder founders because they would have never stood for it. They 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 would have revolted. Uh, they really would have. I mean, at the time, it was a full blown papers please type of thing. Like at the time, you know, I I'm still in in the classified world, and the agencies are like giving out documents that are like you are an essential person that can't be stopped and and it has to continue with essential business and it's like as an american no no there shouldn't be checkpoints and stormtroopers out here checking papers and they're like you and your livelihood shut down oh you you're with the man like you're with the government go right ahead yeah it that 
that that whole thing is why the show exists is why i basically you know did what you're doing i'm like i'm going in i have to get as involved as i can yeah because what the heck are we doing when Mm -hmm. state troopers are out here shutting down businesses uh like in in uh, fredericksburg virginia and yeah setting up roadblocks and checking ids and stuff the fact that that even happened here and it happened around the whole world it's even worse we're lucky you know yeah so i'm just appalled at the whole thing and it's uh, gone on forever there are still places where they've got their mask mandates and then like it's but you can apply that that um i think it's just such a relatable and it it's just it was so mass scale it was so bad but you can relate it to everything that's going on right now. I mean, like literally it's, it's the same gaslighting, same way. It just was such on a major scale. And I think just the, the stakes, I mean, it, you know, it was people's health. So, you know, obviously it's just, it was just like, what the heck? Um, yeah. And, and well, uh, it was like, when you look at depression, suicide rates, and then the cure, the vaccine comes out and people, we've got all of the, yeah, the uh, the series of unfortunate events, I guess we call. It. I can't even think of the word. What is it? Injury, vaccine, illness, all of that stuff. Vaccine mm-hmm. injury. But like, here's the deal. Like, um, from like a, a dental standpoint, you know, we see people more than they see their doctors. Like, the, it's just screenings, for example. Like, mm-hmm. just getting people to be looked at to come take a look at them. Like, there was none of that allowed, and it was just shunned upon. People that needed help didn't get the help. People weren't be seen, and. Okay, so like, okay, if we're going to go by the government and dentistry's said an essential worker, then we need to be out there and working and we need to be doing these things. And it was so funny. Um, it was so frustrating that we do all these free clinics and these free missions work that we do around the state because it's so underserved. But during those times of crisis, where were we? Oh, no, we were just, you know, chilling inside and, you know, going to see the patients that we needed to and the people that really needed the help it's like we weren't there and it's like if we're going to be i mean like i agree with your point their government should not be saying essential and non-essential um because it did so much damage to people that are really hard-working americans but um it's funny you know the one that one like uh what was best for people was being just pushed not to be pushed on um yeah i mean that we could just go on for days about just the countless things and it, yeah. it's bad it's frustrating um well it's weird the essential list really looked like the government's big box buddies target walmart and amazon and yeah, everyone it's, it's everyone that time. didn't have a politician's it's, it's, uh number in their phone your business yeah. is closed <laughs> yeah and then you know you got to look at the educational systems you got to understand like the hospital systems that all these doctors are owned you know you know, we talk about, you know, the, 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 the army guys that got, you know, kicked off for not getting the jab. Um, God bless them. I, and I saw that, you know, they're trying to make men's with that. But still, I mean, it's ridiculous. Imagine like, you know, what's happening, like, you know, for outspoken doctors. I mean, there's FDA people that were dropping off the board of the vaccine because they just knew it was just wrong. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, you know, talk about wanting to speak your opinion there. Uh, non-existent and you just have this conglomerate of bureaucracies just working education uh, I mean I, I don't want to like talk too bad but you know I mean I think a problem and you've seen some of these universities that the, the president of the school is also the president of the hospital and therefore it's an automatic conflict of interest um, from the get-go in my opinion because there's a financial you know incentive compared to 
education and the truth is going to be polarizing sometimes or controversial or it needs to stand its ground. And um, when you're allowing corporate to just fund that and change things and um, I'm lucky I'm learned about respiratory viruses and all that stuff before COVID because I feel like it's just changed now. They're changing the definitions of vaccine and stuff like that. They're, they're, they're changing. It's, it's crazy, man. Oh, I tell people all the time, the answer to that, like, and I, I hate that they pulled this over on us because I got deep into it before I ever realized the subscription model for stuff is, is conditioning us for socialism, owning nothing and being happy. Yeah. And I realized I don't own any of these movies or any of this music because a wokester will come along and say, that song's racist, that movie is inappropriate, and it's gone. I can't get it anymore. And it's like V for Vendetta. So I tell people all the time to get physical books. I'm almost to the point where I'm like buying CDs again. Um, but go and get a medical dictionary from like 1998 or something. Like I yes. tell people that all the time. The, the new stuff on the web, it's not real. It, they're, they're lying. It, it upsets me that they're able to do it. And I get it, freedom of speech and all this stuff. Um, and it's not, they're technically not publishers. They're not like a news outlet, like a private website. I can put whatever I wanted on my website. Yeah. Anyway, people, <laughs> you, you got to get books. Exactly. Like novel coronavirus before, if you look in the medical dictionary, it set, it has a little blurb and then it says see common cold. Yeah. But we didn't talk that way. It wasn't in the Overton window. So instead of saying, oh, there's a bug going around, they kept saying novel coronavirus, coronavirus, COVID-19. And it made it sound different and scary because newsflash people, they sent everyone their marching orders and told them to speak about it this way. Yeah. Um, you know, this, not that. And everyone freaked the heck out. And then you look it up and it's like, Oh, this is literally a respiratory virus that is literally as common as common colds. Um, yes, very common. Then, you know, again, a function and all the CDC. And yeah, food, and then you, you see, like, you know, the distribution of wealth just changed so much um, with these companies getting so much money, the amount of money they made off of it, the amount of money that small businesses lost, the, the middleman, the common man, and the way that you, I mean, like our founders say, you know, constitution's just a piece of paper. The difference in America is that we had, you know, separation of powers. And when we start seeing power in one area more than others, that's when things go bad. And we're seeing that with theocracies. We're seeing that with on the corporate side of things. And, um, you know, America, we have a very like strong middle class or it's getting smaller, but um, it just feels like they're kind of, like if it, if it is like taking advantage and like coming more to like communist and socialism, the only way that you're going to do that is by sh weakening the, the very people that are going to be against that. And um, yeah, it just seems like, you know, um, like a lot of these doctors that found out about a lot of this stuff, like Peter McAuliffe, these are private practice guys that are on their own that are having independent thoughts that are, you know, uh, just treating people by um, justifying their, their treatments by, you know, their, their, what, what, what they've learned and, you know, their credentials, not by uh, a handout that's been given yeah, to the COVID flow chart. Yeah. The flow <laughs> chart that all the hospitals give out to the doctors and they say, if you don't follow this, Oh yeah, by the way, you can't follow it. You have to follow this. You'll get fired. You yeah. know? 
you don't need to be a doctor to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. they, they could have given me the flow chart. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, okay. And it always flows the same way. Yeah. It never flows towards treatment or... It's Yeah, yeah, that's another thing, too. Or just, like, you know, one thing is, like, the healthy lifestyle, man. Like, you know, just promoting that and talking more about that kind of stuff. We see way more vaccine commercials still than we'd see about, you know, um, what fruits and vegetables can do. Um, I'm lucky. Yeah, there, there you go again. Healthy lifestyle is racist, man. Didn't you see the last ad campaign? Uh, you can't tell people to lose weight or get in the sunshine or, or diet and exercise. That's an attack on black people, <laughs> says, uh, you know, Big Tech and Dr. I'm sorry, St. Fauci. Ah, yes. They have a statue about him in uh, the Vatican now. So, cool. yeah, oh, that, would, <laughs> that would be I got to make a meme now. <laughs> that would be great. St. Fauci full of grace. Yeah. What do you think will uh, happen with uh, him? Do you follow that too much? Oh, dude, nothing. Yeah, he's loaded. Are you kidding? Yeah, he, um, he'll, they'll have hearings. He'll be found guilty of something that they're not even allowed to punish for. Um, and they'll, the big, big, big punishment will be stripped of some nonsense and never able to work in something that he would never do again. Like he's banished from working in the federal government after 60 years of working in federal government and amassing billions of dollars. Yeah. They, they're going to give him a slap on the wrist. Yeah, it's wild. And then one thing that really drives me nuts is like, uh, you know, these grand juries in D.C. where D.C. is 98 percent Democratic, you know, and there's mm-hmm. no one. So you're, you're picking your pool from one side. I don't, I, it, you know, just the. It seems like our justice system right now is just not doing well, our federal one especially. And, you know, if we want to hold people accountable, it just doesn't seem like. They, like you said, there's just ways to just get around it. You know, they do a jury and it seems like all, I don't know, because I've just seen cases recently that have come out of just people that are definitely guilty of, you know, of doing things. And uh, they kind of just walked off scot-free. Depending One on of the that. biggest high profile ones that people aren't talking about. I talk about every chance I get. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you want to talk about best. Donald Trump mishandling classified information, then you must talk about. How, how many documents? 12 documents, 12 boxes of documents, 12 rooms full of documents in a home, whatever. whatever. You have to talk about Hillary Clinton and the terabytes of classified data that was left out there unsecure on her Home Depot freaking Radio Shack made server. Yeah. When there are foreign intelligence agencies whose job it is to try and get information out of the State Department, the State Department's got clearances and operations that their knowledge is just classified like it, it's beyond you know the, the public doesn't know a whisper of it i don't even know about it and i'm yeah. and yeah so, yeah exactly it's, it's it's so crazy yeah it's uh, two tiers of justice if they're gonna try and prosecute what what are your thoughts yeah i don't want to get you too riled up yeah but, uh, that whole thing you know it's um so like uh for the example of abortion um you know, obviously it was a controversial issue. The courts took it and now it's at all 50 states, which uh, I, I mean, let's just talk about the Constitution, 50 lab experiments going on at one time and we can see what works. And, oh, guess what? You can move to where you want to go to. Um, come to Virginia. Virginia's That's, that's the way that it was designed. That's yes. what, yeah, I mean, AOC is too uneducated to know this, but that's what 
federalism is. It's not yeah. big federal government. It's no, it's the states doing as they please. Yeah. So what what are your thoughts on like uh, I've I've heard about like uh, having an FBI that's like basically branched into all fifty states, therefore like it could kind of separate the power and maybe the the unjust that goes down. I don't. Know. I I would abolish the FBI. Um, the the FBI was instated for a nefarious purpose. Um, and uh, talk about racist institutions. One of the F, one of the chief factors in the founding of the FBI was trying to hinder the civil rights movement, um, which is like, oh, well, why, why were these people following Martin Luther King around? Like, well, they were trying. You, you look at the big trifecta: it's force, fraud, and coercion. That's how organized crime works. Uh, yes. I'm a human trafficking expert. That's how human trafficking works. It's also how arms trafficking is. It's how a lot of trafficking works. It's how a mafia works. It's how uh, you know, transnational crime organizations work. Fraud, force, coercion. Um, and then, you know, force is like the last option. They don't, they don't want to kill people. They want to make money. Uh, they want money, power, and control. So uh, the FBI was instituted. The FBI has done some good work. Don't get me wrong. No. Uh, and... Law enforcement is a is a good, you know, crime and punishment, a criminal justice apparatus. That's a good thing. That's a moral thing. Yeah. Uh, and it was initially, you know, that that's how things work in the heavenlies too. That you do something bad, there's a judgment for that. There's a judge. There's. 2023 is the best time to make a career pivot. Maybe get to a job that you've never done and have no experience in. Every day you hear about a company that's making massive layoffs and maybe you're thinking about changing jobs or even pivoting careers completely. Now is the perfect time to do it and I'm gonna show you how. Here are three quick tips on how to make a successful pivot this year. Tip one, know the difference between active and passive methods. So many people think applying for hundreds of jobs on LinkedIn and Indeed and Glassdoor is an active method. It's actually a passive method. I'm not saying to stop doing it. I'm just saying to lower your expectations on the ROI of that time. Instead, an active method is calling, texting, private messaging, and emailing people who have the job that you want. This isn't spam. This is personalized one-on-one -on -one messaging and conversations with people who have already successfully built a career in the job that you want. Tip two is network acceleration. You've got to become a master at networking to successfully get a new job, especially if you're changing career fields altogether. To get into this habit, we're gonna start with friends and family. They already know who you are, so have new conversations that sound like this. This is what I've done, this is what I'd like to do. Then have the discipline to be quiet and let them speak. Process the information and give you genuine and authentic feedback. Tip three is purposeful self-promotion. Now that you've got the skills from one and two, you are networking with absolutely everyone. You're doing a three-part introduction. This is who I am, this is what I've done, this is what I'd like to do, and then you pull back and let the person engage. This sounds so simple, but so few people are doing this high win method. I haven't applied for a job since high school. I've always gotten my roles by being invited in to join someone's team. 
I used these very steps to go from law enforcement to military to management consulting, high stakes fundraising, key leader roles, and a whole lot more. This method works and it will work for you. Click on the link below for a free coaching session. Guys, this is just the beginning. I have a ton of value to give you. While you're down there, make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Share this with someone who is scared about making a pivot and who needs to know that they can change jobs and they can change career fields right now in 2023. Bonus tip, master conversational catch. When you have a goal in mind and you're going into these conversations, you tend to talk too much. That's out of nervousness and excitement. We've got to play conversational catch. You don't want to be a ball hog holding on to the ball, not letting the other person say something. That's not a conversation, that's a lecture or a speech. The more the other person is talking, the better of a time they're having. You're building rapport and your relationship is deepening. I've used these methods to have successful careers in more than five different professional markets and I know you can too. Bottom line, don't stay in a job that you don't love. Even if you need to change career fields, it's not too late. Right now in 2023 is the perfect time to do it. Change jobs, change careers, or even build a business from the ground up. I can coach you through. Book a free discovery call at thejoemobleyshow.com slash coach. thejoemobleyshow.com slash coach. Book the call right now. Yeah, but now we got the FBI going after our former president, you know, going into his house. Like, what the heck? That, that's some straight. I, I think that we're a banana republic at this point. Like, there, there aren't a lot of people that share that belief. I think our elections are kind of elections yeah. in name only, which is why I've got the Make Elections Great Again mug on my website. Hey, honestly, Bye. that's the thing. We need to get that going. Um, yeah. I can, like, talk on one thing. I went to... Um, a conference for like the American Dental Association's like uh, National Lobby Day. We went up to DC and they brought up an election guy. Uh, this was probably in like the spring of uh, this year. And he like works for um, some like pollster, you know, election data, blah, blah, blah. But he's just going through historical data of elections. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it, it is just so funny that you compare like um, two years after president like how those elections turned out, you know? And you looked at like Jimmy Carter and stuff like that. And you just see all these trends and the elections that we saw this November, it makes no sense. We won the popular vote, I think, right? Yeah. We won the popular vote. That never happens. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Ever. We won the popular vote and we're losing governorships. And then of course they keep the Senate. But, and then also they, you know, we used to, cause we were 50, 50, we had half of a uh, chairs. We lose that now. Um, hey, here, here's an interesting one for you and your friend to look at. Yeah, yeah. L look at the correlative data between the the establishment of and then the proliferation of electronic voting, and look at that data and how it correlates to the number of 4951 election results we've had. And when you look at it, it might look like it's mathematically impossible that after they've done electronic voting that nine out of 10 of the races have been 49, 51, like dead evenly split too small yeah. to, you know, the margin of the Delta is too small to trigger any types of audits or recounts. Yeah. Uh, it's very interesting. Um, it, it's, it's math. I guess we can't technically say mathematically impossible, 
but the least likely thing to have it's so improbable it's almost zero percent but you know oh, but hey i'm not a scientist or whatever so yeah i can't have and, an opinion or a mathematician yeah i'm just a i'm a i'm a hard-working guy in my field and i love this country um and i just i have questions you know I just, i'm just trying to figure it out just like you you are you know i'll say to answer your fbi question there's yes. almost nothing that a federal law enforcement entity outside of the constitutional ones like the U.S. Marshal Service um, or task force, which are created by sheriffs and their deputies and, you know, normal local law enforcement creating task force, which is kind of how Interpol works to cover a jurisdiction that's larger than, you know, two counties or two states or whatever. Um, there's nothing that the regular constitutional law enforcement bodies can't do that the federal government can do and does swimmingly well oh yeah um, so all, all of these agencies which have grown in their capacity because they started as law they started as a narrow law enforcement agency for whatever white collar crime or for guns explosives you know ATF or for drugs and they've all they have they have operations creep and now they're also intelligence agencies and they also do domestic terrorism and they also do uh information gathering campaigns it's like wait what were you supposed to do oh you were created just to do tax evasion and yes. now you're doing spy campaigns like what the heck is going on yeah no that that needs to be shut down i think uh clarence thomas agrees in the opinions that he's written recently um my guy executive agencies administrative agencies that were born out of the stroke of a pen of one president and then they continue on and on and on and they grow and they grow they need to be undone just that's what epa v west virginia was about hey yes. random agency you can't come onto the scene and give yourself all this authority you know americans create flight and then the government creates the faa and says we get to control everything about this that's actually not how our system is supposed to work um yes. But people say I'm crazy when I'm like, yeah, those institutions should go away. They're like, oh, you would fire all these people. It's like, yeah, but you live in the most resource-rich and job-rich country in the world. Just work somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, give them, give them a year job, notice. Man. Yeah, give them a year notice. Hey, in 365 days, this agency will no longer exist. Yeah. Go find a job. I'm right. But the sad thing is, Joe, and I guess um, just one thing that I've researched that I've, I saw recently is the opposite is happening. The more um, uh, power is giving to these, you know, bureaucracies right now. Um, yeah. Do you have the congressional government's record? huge. So congressional record for if your viewers don't know, it's an app that the government basically records the minutes of every day of Congress. They have a daily digest, which is both sides and kind of summarizes. But um, I just like the first page was like a bill on that the federal government is allowed to go into like every major fire now or is required to go investigate every major fire. And it's, uh, these state agencies are perfectly capable of doing this. Why is it required that the federal government has to come into these? Well, the federal um, government is the truth police. It, it, so your, your local fire expert doesn't know anything and they'll tell crap. you what happened. That's bull crap right there. Local people know what's going on and then here we can go a little bit weird, but um, all these uh, have you like have you been reading about the food, the food stuff, dude? No one catching fire. So we, we did an episode on that. And like literally, like the other day, last week, you can look it up. Congressional record. They're amending the bill right now. 
and you know you're having all these major fires and you're hearing about this stuff and then you're hearing that you know now they're required to go and as soon as a local government comes in the federal government comes in they just say hey get out of the way sweep 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 yeah uh, to drive this home you remember the uh the uh I don't know why I'm laughing. What is it called? You feed it to a baby. The baby formula. You remember the baby, baby formula, formula shortage? Okay, yeah, um, of course. Yeah, so, yeah, there's, they didn't even find listeria. They they found the bacteria that was related to or, or, you know, reasonably expected to cause listeria or whatever. So they found it in one place. The company, on their own accord, they shut down complete operations and basically medically sanitized everything. And then they're like, hey, we're ready. We're ready for business right now. We just need the government inspector to come and give us the green light. And the United States government, the most powerful and technologically advanced country in the history of the world, their answer, while apparent, there was a, supposed to be this crisis, and babies are crying and dying all over the place, and there's no formula because breasts don't work anymore and you can't feed. And mainstream media is like, babies have allergies. What what baby? One percent of babies might have allergies. Like you can, biological women can feed their babies without a problem. It's been working that way since the dawn of man. Yeah. But uh, this company was ready. Whatever the company's called, the, the big mothership yeah, company. Yeah. Their factories were clean, ready, shut down. Workers just waiting. And the government's response was: There's one person in the huge, three million plus person United States government. Uh, who does these inspections and they're on vacation for months. They were on leave. You have, when you work for the federal government, you have an obligation to work for the American people, you know? Um, on the face, that's bull crap. So there are kids dying and there's no formula. And there's one person who's on holiday somewhere that like. Well, hey, they're just looking to their leader, Joe Biden, who just takes vacation and goes into his house and sleeps all day. So, you know, well, what what's the job? What what are you? The you're the inspector people, but you're an agency of one person. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't. I mean, yeah, you're just asking really great questions, and that's how human histories work. We've we've learned and grown in our knowledge by asking educated questions. And, but they want to do it with what you're talking about. They want to do it with the fires and they'll come in and tell you. Tell you, yeah. And we, we can't we can't stand for it. And our our the sad thing is is those Republicans um are voting for this kind of stuff. You know? It seems like I don't know if it's establishment or whatnot, but um it's yeah, something. There's, there's just some disconnect with the people right now and we gotta you know, there's there's some momentum and things are going, I think, in the right way. But then, you know, you look at kind of just like November. I mean, you got to take some wins, I guess, you know, a lot of school boards were flipped and all that thing, but people are waking up. But if the power is so lopsided that it doesn't even make a difference, then that's like, well, you know, what are we doing right now? Yeah. And, uh, stay well, tuned for 10 years, you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're at time, so we're going to have to leave it there. Um, but I forgot to ask you in green room, so I'll ask you now. Um, is there anything that you're promoting and if so or if so then share it if not then share where people can connect with you yeah so i'm not really promoting anything i'm just a dental student uh graduating i'll be working up in um Percival, virginia next year so if you need your teeth cleaned i'm your guy but uh I yeah like just... tmj going on i need to oh like... there you go yeah that's a big thing so um... a dentist or, or like a youtube a massage or something yeah uh oral facial pain 
that's where you need to go. You need to go to an oral facial pain specialist. They, uh, they, uh, master in that, or you can go to oral, oral surgeons. Sometimes they have good referrals and they do a lot of stuff with the TMJ. Um, it was nuts. Yeah. I was like walking around Wegmans with my wife last night talking and I like yawned or something. And I just had this pain. Oh. I was like, Oh, what the crap is that? Yeah, no people, you know, and uh, we're seeing a lot of people really stressed out, you know, clenching and grinding their teeth, which is affecting their teeth, affecting their TMJ. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing the stress with that. And so, uh, it's a real thing. Maybe, and maybe uh, you need you take a little break from the news because it's just stressing me <laughs> out. Who knows? <laughs> I've taken a big break. I used to be five days a week, and now, and then I was four days a week. And now I'm one day a week. Uh, okay, so better show, just less frequent. But yeah, I, I'm staying more active on Twitter, I guess at uh, B Man Siegel, and you can follow me there. Um, yeah, I want to. I'm getting more involved with you know the local you know RNC. I'm going to be getting involved with like the state government. You know, I'm, I'm an election officer, and I want to continue my role in there and see where that goes because I'm learning more and more about election law, and um, hopefully I can play a, a part in that where um, I can um, be educated in that field to be able to you know, give my opinion and help the people like my congressman and um, executive branch uh, think tank and come up with good ideas. So uh, you catch me there on Twitter. And um, yeah, thanks so much. Nice meeting you, Joe. It's been great talking with you. And I'm sure hopefully we can connect in the future because we'll be we'll be neighbors before you know it. And uh, if we don't live beside each other, you can find me on that app that we were talking about. (laughs) You can pray for me there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah all right well uh brett siegel thanks so much for joining guys make sure you follow him on twitter uh, at b what was it b man siegel b man siegel yeah awesome and uh, it's really easy if you're listening to this on podcast or you're watching this on rumble or somewhere else because it's in the show notes so you just hit, click the description and you can touch it with your finger and get to his twitter profile couldn't be easier uh so definitely do that I will figure out the intro because right now I don't know who this episode is presented by, but when you're watching it, we will know who this episode is presented by and it'll be at the beginning. Um, so make sure you click on that link too, because that's what helps pay this guy, which hey. really doesn't pay me at all. It's really like paying my kids. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Brett, thanks for coming on the show, man. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.